Welcome, everybody, to episode 32 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. My name is Jake. I am one of your hosts. The other host, his name is Evan. Hi, I'm Evan. And he is right across from me. Welcome to the Handsome Hockey Podcast. If you want to know what Evan looks like, find a picture of John Merrill <laughs> this year. I'm not going to look like this much longer. <laughs> I've decided to de-stash on my Vaccine Freedom Day which is coming up this week. Ah, so you can go into public again. And so you're like, ah, I better clean this shit up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm going to still go with the long hair, but I'm also going to get it trimmed into, you know, a respectable hockey mullet. So we have a lot to talk about. As you may or may not know, the NHL playoffs started yesterday, Saturday, mm-hmm. the 15th. We, as per usual, are recording after something starts, and so you get our (laughs) quasi-preview. Hot takes on things that have already happened? Yeah, like, Washington's clearly going to win this series because they're already up 1-0, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to get to that, Um, but before that, we've got some... Important news to talk about. More important than hockey is what we're going to talk about, and it's hockey-related. We're not going to go off on some weird tangent about, like, quadratic equations. We talked about several weeks ago, I guess, at this point, maybe Mm -hmm. three or four weeks ago now, that some accusations had been levied against Vancouver's Jake Vertanen. Mm -hmm. The Canucks, I think, to their credit, immediately suspended him. And he is distanced from the team while investigations happen. Since then, however, a civil lawsuit has been filed against Jake Vertanen. By the original accuser? By the original accuser, who is rightfully so remaining nameless for this. It turns out when you file charges or allegations of rape against a hockey player in Canada, people might get a little crazy. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully they can stay anonymous as long as they would like to. Yeah, forever. Because you know that's got to be so difficult in that market. And there's some information coming out now that there may be other accusers in the wings that haven't stepped forward yet, right? Yeah, a number of Vancouver area podcasts, most notably Roxy Fever and the Broadscasts, have spoken about how there are very credible sources that say that this that these are not this nice. person is not an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. We have been contacted by folks to say that this is not an isolated incident. So there's a good chance that more of these come up against Jake Furtanen in the near future. Yeah, which is gross, but you hope that the other survivors feel emboldened to speak out now. One of the cascading effects of one person speaking up is that other people realize that that they too have a voice and mm-hmm. they too, and that their story should be heard. Yeah. And that people should be I don't know if, I, if punished is the right way to say, but like they should have to face consequences. They should have, yes, exactly. And yeah, they should have to face consequences for their actions. These actions that are, it's one of the th- most damaging physical and emotional things that you can do to a person. And there has, there has to be ramifications for those heinous acts. And even if that ramification is that Okay, everybody knows now that Jake Furtanen is a serial sexual predator. Maybe maybe that's enough. Maybe it needs to go further than that. We aren't that's not for us to say. We're just two guys who have a podcast. Really what it comes down to is the victims in this case are the ones who should be able to set the bar for what is enough. What is what they are asking for, what they are looking for as some sort of peace. Yeah, and there's some talk that the police may be starting to investigate and get involved, and the team is also investigating. So hopefully they get to the bottom of the extent of his actions and some semblance of justice is given to the accusers and survivors in this case. You know, it sucks that we have to deal with it, but I think... I'm actually glad that we're dealing well, with it. Well, it's, it's a microcosm of larger society issues. And, you know, that 
it's happening in sports gives us a chance, I think, to talk about it and deal with it better every time that, you know, it comes out. Like we've made so many mistakes around this for years. I mean, how many, how long did Harvey Weinstein go, you know, unchecked or Bill Cosby? How long did Bill Cosby go unchecked? And then one accusation against each one of them and or Hannibal Burris talking about Bill Cosby in like a comedy special starts an avalanche downhill. And then next thing you know, these guys are pariahs and, and receiving the consequences that they deserve. And so, yeah, every time that something unfortunate like this comes out, it is also an opportunity for us as fans to handle it better. One thing to really point out that this isn't a sports problem. No. This isn't an entertainer's problem. This is a societal systemic issue that women face on a daily basis. Right. And if what you're saying makes the utmost sense, like being able to talk about it about famous people, mm-hmm. hopefully will allow us the ability to talk about it more openly in our day-to-day lives and with people that we know and people that are in our sphere of influence. And as always, and this is, I think, the most important thing, is we're listening to these women, Mm -hmm. listening to these survivors, letting them share their stories in a safe and protected manner and in a way that will hopefully come without ramifications against them as well. The courage and bravery that it takes for the woman in this Jake Furtanen suit to come forward needs to be recognized. Feeling comfortable progressing with a lawsuit, which is kind of the next step in their story and their life and hopefully goes a long way towards creating some some healing and some some vindication for them. And I think one thing that anybody paying attention to hockey can also say is it's not just women that are affected. Like there's a lot of men that have had careers stalled by sexual harassment, sexual assault at various levels of the game and some really unfortunate details were also leveled in a lawsuit against the Chicago Blackhawks by a uh, former player on their 2010 cup team alleging that they were sexually harassed by an assistant video coach and that they brought their situation to a team employed doctor and to the NHLPA and that they didn't really do anything about the allegations that this video coach masturbated in front of them and made them to watch porn and against their will and threatened them with a whole slew of terrible things if they were to tell the story and or not participate in sexual activities. And it's really hard to hear that they were kind of rebuffed when they told this doctor and other team officials and, and the NHLPA about what they were going through. It sounds like they kind of got, you know, disbelieved by by the first people that they turned to. And that's always what we don't want to hear. It sounds like this video coach is real legitimate predator. He was later a coach for the U.S. Olympic team and then later went on to be a volunteer high school hockey coach in Michigan where he abused high school hockey players and pled guilty and was sentenced in 2014 to sex abuse and he's a registered sex offender in the state of Michigan. The lawsuit here is asking for $150,000, which is a pittance for an NHL franchise. Uh, So you have to kind of wonder if the money is really what they're after or whether they really want their day in court. And you also kind of wonder why they probably haven't had an opportunity to at this point, but it seems like the Blackhawks would be smart to settle this. When a lot of these cases come out, we see the the ask is relatively high. And Mm -hmm. for this to be such a, I mean, $150,000 is not a trivial sum of money, No, but at the same time, it's not nearly what we've seen in cases past. And so that makes from just a personal standpoint, like my personal standpoint, that makes me think that the motive here is not money, Mm -hmm. which, and, and we're not saying like they just want to get rich. What we're saying is they are hoping like a lot of victims can use that money as a means of getting access to the resources that they need because turns out mental health in this country ain't cheap and they can use that as a means of moving forward in their life both with like mental and physical well-being mm-hmm. it's not we're not saying oh my god they're just out to get change and so they can be rich like that's not what the case is right and this is a former nhl player so ostensibly they made more in a year than or far more in a year than 150 grand so yeah you kind of read that and think, uh, they're really just trying to get their story out. And apparently it was this player hearing about the continued abuse and guilty plea in Michigan that really inspired them to step forward and file this suit. The coach that was named 
or sorry, the uh, the doctor that was named, you know, has denied that he was approached with the information. The team is kind of putting up a bit of a wall, but one hopes that they would soften and admit that mistakes were made and settle and say, yeah, we believe that this happened because obviously this person went on to... We can say their name. Yeah, this uh, Brad Aldrich, this coach, uh, went on to abuse more people and be caught by the justice system. I'm super disappointed in my team that this has come to light and proud of this player for stepping forward and doing the right thing. I know it's got to be difficult. I hope that they too get a semblance of justice and what they want out of the situation. As we've learned from cases at Penn State, Ohio State, University of Michigan, USC, and countless other institutions Mm -hmm. in the United States, it's not just women. Now, women are disproportionately the victims in here, but it's also important to remember that, you know, everybody can be a victim of sexual assault Mm -hmm. or sexual violence. And thankfully, you know, these players or this player in this case is coming out because there's also a stigma attached to men coming out and saying that they were sexually assaulted. Like, oh, how were you sexually assaulted? You're a man. You could have fought them off. That's not always the case. Yeah, I know it's really hard in all of these stories you hear about, but like, you know, there's a lot that go- that goes unsaid. And I think the more that we're able to talk about this and bring it to light, the better we're able to catch it and stop it early on and save people from ultimately being made into victims. So I, like we see from, you know, the Theo Fleury story and other men that have had this happened to them, you're put in a uniquely tough situation. Everybody can be vulnerable. Right. And I think that's kind of the the moral of the story here is that everybody has the capacity for being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. regardless of how physically strong you are or mentally strong you are. Mm -hmm. There are always ways that you can be taken advantage of or predicaments that you can be put in where your physical prowess or whatever has nothing to do with your vulnerability. Right. Your physical prowess doesn't matter for anything if your career and livelihood is being threatened. You know, we've we've said this quite a bit now, but it bears repeating. When somebody comes forward with these sorts of allegations, the most important thing you can do is listen to them, believe them, and give them a safe space with which to tell their story. Yeah, and then try and help them, you know, as get, best you can. Get assistance and get to whatever authorities you can and to help put them in a position where they can tell their story to the people that would levy consequences on the perpetrator. One of the things that we've in the past have kind of brought forward is a list of resources that we have found or have found us that we think are potentially helpful or beneficial for you know people in various situations that we've covered. With regard to sexual assault, one of the resources that we are fond of and we think their work is incredible is the Survivor Stories Project. Uh, they are based in Vancouver and Vancouver Island in Victoria, BC. Okay. And they do instrumental work in giving that safe space that we've been talking about to survivors to tell their story where they know that they're being believed and they know that that belief comes from a compassionate, heartfelt place. But they have some sort of anonymity. Right. The Survivors Project does do their homework and research claims and all of that good stuff before they publish anything because, I mean, the stakes are very real there. They also provide access to resources in the greater Vancouver area. And they also, their their main kind of platform is their Instagram account where okay. you can go on and you can read the stories of these, of these women who have gone through these, have had these heinous experiences. And just a heads up, these stories are painful to read and they can be devastating. And this is... At Survivor Stories Project on, yes, twi- on, on, on Instagram. Instagram sorry. Yes. They also have a website, SurvivorStoriesProject.com, where you can submit your story if you are a victim of sexual crimes. If you so choose, you know, some people just want to get their story out and just want to be heard. Others would like recourse and would like to, you know, much like the woman in the Jake Furtanen case, find some sort of legal recourse that they can attain in order to, you know, make sure that their voice is heard and that that the assailant um, that people know about. And in sometimes, you know, enough time has passed where 
that's the only sort of recourse they have, unfortunately. Often our legal systems with respect to sexual violence uh, often fail kind of by design with, you know, statute of limitations laws kind of being one of the major failures. Apparently this Blackhawks player is alleging that something in this changes the statute of limitations. And so they may still uh, have grounds for criminal charges to be filed, but who knows? It's all very complicated. Yeah. So we're sorry to start you off with the heaviness, but we were talking about this before we started recording. Like Handsome Hockey Pockets kind of sits in this middle ground between like people who only talk about the hockey and the people who talk about hockey culture mm-hmm. and kind of the negative, conservative, misogynistic, racist aspects as well. Mm-hmm. We kind of sit in the middle there. And so we're absolutely going to tell you about these things, but we're also going to make jokes about the Tampa Bay Lightning later. <laughs> and, but you know, the, as always, if you are listening to this and you have something to say to us, reach out. Um, and, uh, we more than anything want to hear from you and we use your feedback to become better and to become, uh, more, and a thoughtful and professional podcast. So. Yeah, we've got some great feedback recently from a couple, you know, important, important posters to us uh, who have really helped to kind of shape our message on these tough subjects. I mean, it seems like these difficult things that we discuss are really important to a lot of people, and so we are very glad to engage with that and and get meaningful feedback. To help us, you know, grow and improve our, our message and our methods for getting this information out and, and discussing it. And ultimately, you know, what we're trying to do is help fix the culture of hockey. Mm-hmm. Do like whatever small part we can to help eradicate the awful conservative culture that exists in hockey so we can actually legitimately make it hashtag hockey is for everyone. Yeah, and grow the game by proxy. So reach out to us. Let's start growing that community. We're super excited to be part of it. So on the subject of growing the game of hockey, uh, we got some really great news this week about the NWHL and the Connecticut Whale. Yes, the Connecticut Whale got owned. (laughs) But in a good way. Not in an internet meme kind of way. (laughs) Because they probably own more people than get owned on the internet, let's be honest. All the uh, NWHL teams absolutely kill it on Twitter. They do. They really do. So the Connecticut Whale were recently bought by a group of investors from the Connecticut area, led by Tobin Kelly, who is a mergers and acquisitions specialist. Apparently, they have done a lot in the hockey community. So it's not just somebody looking to own a thing. It's somebody who is looking to own a thing, but is also passionate about Hmm. hockey. I think it was two years ago, the NWHL put all of its teams into a holding with the express purpose of private ownership and the Mm -hmm. future of those teams. We've seen Boston get bought out of that kind of consortium. We've also seen Toronto join as a privately owned company. The Connecticut Whale are now kind of the next team to have that private ownership which ultimately I think is a great thing for the league and especially for the women, because hopefully with private investment and private ownership, we can see salaries raise in Mm -hmm. the league. And hopefully these women will be able to sometime in the nearish future, make a living wage playing the game that they love. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's the dream. Yeah. And so kudos to the group of investors who have bought the whale. They are my team. I'm not wearing my Emma Vlasic jersey right now, but um, really thrilled to see the future of the NWHL and women's hockey in general. And this type of investment is really kind of the next step in creating a space where these women can make a full-time living wage by playing hockey. And speaking of the women that make a little bit more of a wage playing hockey, uh, the PWHPA Dream Gap Tour is continuing. They are finishing up a game today right now that unfortunately we couldn't watch because of, uh, I think, national TV rights and stuff. I would have to do some under the table VPNing and stuff to watch the game. Tomorrow, they're playing from St. Louis, the games that they rescheduled from a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago. But then May 24th through 30th, they're going to host a mini tournament 
between Calgary, Toronto, and Montreal in Calgary. So that's going to be seven games. And it looks like these are all on like CBC and then they're uh, simulcasting on YouTube. So uh, we would encourage to people to watch all these games. The PWHPA is really great watching. And we like to watch and support women's hockey whenever we can because it's a really great product. Believe in this dream of having basically a, a women's NHL that plays pays a living wage and allows, you know, women to go from being high skill college players to professional players without, you know, without having to endure the sort of tough treatment that some of the NWHL players go through to play the sport that they love. We have a final today, actually, in the PWHPA game. Team Minnesota, sponsored by Adidas, and Team New Hampshire, sponsored by the Women's Sports Foundation, faced off. Team Minnesota won three to one today. Amanda Kessel scored. She's just rubbing it in Phil's face. Hey, look who's still playing hockey. And it's really funny because Phil had a really good year. No, I know. (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. Also, his 900th goal picture was just hilarious. That guy, he's living every dad bod dream. He is is a wonderful man. It looks like one of those goals was an empty net goal uh, to make it three to one. So good job for Team Minnesota slash Adidas today. Yeah, Uh, sounds like a really competitive game. We look forward to seeing the games up in Calgary here in a, was that a couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. And those would be the Canadian women of the pwhpa i would assume the the half of the pwhpa that hasn't been able to play yet will get to play here in a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and that'll also be extremely exciting so speaking of players that haven't been able to play but would like to maybe (laughs) they'd like to play somewhere probably other than buffalo jack eichel that poor man spoke up in the media this week and had some had some real hot things to say Not only is he unhappy with just the general situation in Buffalo, he's also upset because team doctors have prevented him from getting a surgery that he wants on the herniated disc he has in his neck, which sounds horrifically uncomfortable. Yeah, holy shit. Why would you keep your star player from like a quality of life surgery? Buffalo's stance is that that surgery has it's experimental and has not yet been performed on an nhl player um boo hoo (laughs) yeah right like i'm sure there's plenty of medical data available for the effectiveness of it on normal people that's ridiculous it's insane that an nhl team has that much control over a player's physical well-being it is insane i remember the first time when i found out that uh my friend who is an Abercrombie model legally could not cut his own hair unless he had permission. Like I was just like floored by this news. Like what the fuck? Like this is that times 1 million. It's absolutely insane. Also like if you can't trust the Sabres to put a decent hockey product on the ice, like why should you trust them for medical advice and control? (laughs) That's just silly. Yeah. Like their hell, their doctor staff might be the same staff that like, was with the trailblazers and like the <laughs> mid aughts where they ruined Brandon Roy's career. Their training staff is just the tr- staff from the chargers that punctured uh, Tyrod Taylor's lung pregame. Yeah. Also making headlines for being pretty upset. Patrick Laine, uh in a Finnish newspaper. And this is Evan pointed out to me, this isn't the first time Patrick Line has gotten all salty in a Finnish newspaper. No, it seems like they are really good at getting the awesome quotes out of him, but you have to filter them through like Google Translate. He has on more than one occasion just like left his filter in America. Like he's done like exit interviews for a season and, you know, said all the right things, you know, really kept low profile. And then he gets over to Finland and is like, actually, and what did he say? He, they asked him if he wanted to play, uh, he said there's no way he's playing in the worlds because he didn't want anything to do with hockey right now. Yeah. And then he said that this season was awful and anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. <sighs> Poor guy. I mean, he's not wrong. And that's actually like a relatively politically caged statement, especially knowing that coach is no longer there. And that was a tough situation that well, everybody was enduring. Well, and he also he also had a terrible time in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So he went from one situation where he was at least scoring goals, but was unhappy, to a situation where he wasn't scoring goals, 
and seemingly was also unhappy. One feels for him and hopefully, you know, he can regain some joy uh, between now and next season. And also, hopefully he gets a better center than Max Domi. Yeah. Part of the damn problem. It's not going to happen. Those kind of centers, (laughs) they don't just show up on your team unless you trade Patrick Laine for them. Kudos, Winnipeg. (laughs) Um, We'll dive into the Jack Eichel getting traded this summer, possibly at a later time. Like we've got a lot to do today. Yeah. But whenever Um, you say wherever I might play next year, you're kind of taking some dynamite to the bridge a little bit. And after Laine's comments came out, it was revealed that Columbus was sort of trying to trade him again at the trade deadline. It's honestly kind of too bad <laughs> that they didn't. Yeah, I know. You kind of want him to be able to get the fuck out of there now. I mean, yeah, Winni- it, Columbus is like a Winnipeg of the U.S. in some ways. <laughs> well, we, uh, as far as hockey markets go, yeah, kind of. I mean, Ohio is... I, I as as a proud Michigander, I've got nothing good to say about Ohio. <laughs> it's football crazy. Uh, yeah, they know everything about the puckered butthole of their third string kicker, but know nothing <laughs> about who Cam Atkinson is. Like, I read that article on the Athletic where they talked about like why all of these free agents, big time free agents, had left Columbus, and it sounds like there's a lot of different reasons, and mm-hmm. none of them are unmanageable. No, but some of them are just the city and the kind of cachet versus the other NHL markets. I mean, and and they did say a lot of those vets said that were questioned did say, you know, as an older guy, I actually really enjoyed Columbus. mm -hmm. It was pretty chill. It was low key. Yeah. You can like go out at a restaurant and not get mobbed for, uh, autographs and shit. Right. But at the same time, if you're a young guy, it doesn't have, Columbus nightlife isn't New York nightlife or Miami nightlife. Right. And you're not cameoing on movies from Columbus. Um, Yeah. So we'll see. We'll dive into all this potential summer transactions in the future. Yeah. But just a a quick gut check pulse. Who do you think is the first one of those two to get traded? I think Eichel for sure gets traded. He's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, the teams are almost in divergent positions in that Columbus is rebuilding rebuilding and buffalo's still sort of in the process of having to blow everything up so yeah i I think absolutely eichel's gone before line a all right so um before we kind of get into our playoff preview for games that have already started um (laughs) it's important to important to point out i think that what you won't see this weekend is the start of the north division playoffs (laughs) and why is that that's because Two of their teams who aren't involved in the playoffs are still playing fucking games. And, you know, to their credit, this is what I suggested. Keep playing these games and, you know, move them out, schedule them in the playoffs. More hockey, more better. It seems a little silly because the pl- the teams are, you know, out of the playoffs and just playing for funsies. But also, there's so many contractual relationships that go into making these hockey games. Like, that's why I was always never really believing the people that are like, yeah, we just shouldn't play them at all. I'm like, well, you know, the teams and players and TV rights, uh, like there are so many contracts that need to be discharged. I never see that as realistic. It's easy for people who have no skin in the game to say, oh, we should not be playing those games. Right. And I'm guessing I did at some point. Well, it seemed a little crazy. I mean, I I don't think that's an unreasonable position. Well, Uh, the, the NHL made it more crazy by saying, we're not going to start the playoffs for these teams <laughs> until those games are done. I made some comments about how they're meaningless. And as you pointed out, they're not completely meaningless. The Canucks yeah. can still have a worse draft pick than the Detroit Go Canucks. Yeah, we are all in for the Canucks. One more point in Detroit slides below them for <laughs> draft picks. And I'm thrilled. And also, uh, uh, Matthew Highmore, their recent acquisition from the Blackhawks, is killing it. Yeah. Well, playing top line minutes like good for him you know it there's still reasons to watch these games and have fun and the players you know are still acquiring points that they will use to renegotiate contracts years from now so it they're not completely meaningless they're a little weird and awkward but there are a couple other uh fun little storylines we wanted to hit in the regular season uh kind of end game that we thought were notable first off tampa made the playoffs it seems like an eon ago and so they had some games to kill it seems like most teams did and uh they did some really 
awesome stuff in that they started the first all-black line that we've seen in the modern NHL era of Daniel Walcott, Matthew Joseph, and Jamel Smith. From all accounts, you know, these are all up-and-coming players. One of them has been a semi-regular NHLer, and the other two have kind of been in the system, taxi squad, uh, AHL. Guys who are just waiting for their chance in a stacked Tampa lineup. Right, but John Cooper, you know, made a point to say, like, you know, we're not just doing this because of race. All these guys deserve to be in this lineup, and they actually do have chemistry as a line. And we're just going to make this statement because we can, and it's a good statement to make. And, uh, you know, all the right things were said, and yeah. it seems like it's going to be a net positive. Not all the right things <laughs> were said. That was a terrible joke. Um, <laughs> John Cooper also made the point that he hopes eventually they do, we don't have to talk about this because it's sure. commonplace. And I think that's that's the real message here. Like, is it awesome that this happened? Absolutely, 100%. How awesome would it be if we're not like, oh, well, there was an all black line in that team in that game today. Like we can just be like Matthew Joseph scored his third goal of the night. Mm-hmm. Two of those were assisted by assisted by Daniel Walcott. Like that would be incredible. Yeah. And you don't go from where we are to there without these sort of awkward middle steps, just like you don't go from speaking out about social justice issues to being comfortable speaking out about social justice issues without some level of like performative allyship somewhere in the middle. It it's a process. And this is one step in the process that we are glad got made. So the other fun story that I wanted to get to before we talk playoffs uh, is, you know, if we're talking about things that are relatively early on in the process, this is late on the process and uh, Packy Rene's career is likely coming to its conclusion, if not this year, maybe the next couple of years. In what is likely his last game as a Predator, he got a shutout. Pecorino has had a really incredible career, and you could make the case that if a couple of things go differently, he's got his he's got his name on the cup somewhere. Oh, sure. And if those Nashville teams were so good for there was like a five year window where yeah, and they were just eclipsed by Chicago. I mean, whenever they didn't run Chicago out of the playoffs, which was several times. I mean, yeah. I've always had a respect for Pecorino and was glad to see this performance come to light right when it did. It was really cool to see, you know, the spotlight on him for a day or so after he did that. So now that we have invoked the muse, we can uh, get to our in medias res preview. That was me going like high school humanities and bringing, you know, Greek mythology. What a weird setup this playoff start is. We get, you know, the Canadian team starting next week. We got the Washington and Boston series like scheduled and start within a week. We didn't even have time to record before they started. So I've been like putting out my predictions on Twitter just to write them in stone. It's really rude. I know it is rude of the NHL. Of the NHL. Like, to not think of our our podcasting <laughs> schedule. It feels like they like didn't even have time to melt ice before they started this. We get we're big time. I don't know why they're <laughs> <laughs> not thinking of us. So we got Washington Boston start yesterday. The Chara series with Charlie Coyle and Charlie McAvoy. Uh, that game yesterday, game one, was a fucking riot. That was super fun. You had so much hitting to start the game. The but Jeremy Lausanne, Kevin Miller, Alex Ovechkin hit fest. slugfest mm-hmm. was was a particular highlight. I didn't watch the game. I was I was I was busy. Well, right um, at the but, beginning of the game, Alex Ovechkin took out Nick Backstrom. Like he went to hit a Boston player and like kind of missed and got all of Nick Backstrom. <laughs> And then he turned around and just absolutely creamed David Krejci with great clean hit. Ovi's a playoff performer. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's also a regular season performer, but his physical intensity ratchets up. Yeah, and he's also playoffs. had what the last couple of weeks off to get healthy for the playoffs, right? Yeah, he was quote unquote hurt. Like when you're his age. I don't understand why they don't just say maintenance day. <laughs> I don't begrudge him that. Like, yeah, take a day off. You're old. Uh, yeah. By NHL, he's younger than I. Right. I, I, I look kind of old for my age, but <laughs> Ovi looks way older than I do, despite being, I think, like two years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely has the uh, the gray thing going strong. Another fun bit from this game started off in warmups with a girl unfortunately getting hit with a puck in the stands and that's not the fun part (laughs) the fun part is brad marchand took it upon himself to go to his equipment guy 
sign a stick and they brought it to her. I, I definitely spent too much of Brad Marchand's career hating him. And <laughs> and I've said this numerous times, but I am like fully on Team Marchand and he can lick my face if he wants to. <laughs> yeah, talk about someone doing a, a star turn from being a heel. It, He's the rock. <laughs> he is kind of the rock. Tom Wilson, of course, scored first. Like, yeah. Could, uh, <laughs> I think he had an assist later, too. Yeah, and everyone's I like, you should still be like- suspended. And he's like, I'm scoring. And it's kind of funny how his, you know, over-the-line play turns his, like, actual relatively common goal scoring into, like, some form of trolling. Yeah, like, he could be that troll without being a douchebag. I think we established mm-hmm. in the last episode that he's a douchebag. <laughs> um, he could... He could be that guy and still be like a edgy toes the line player without the whole like wanton danger like every time he is on the ice another favorite moment of mine in this game was uh chara broke his stick and so but in the course of playing defense and and they kept the puck in the zone and so one of the other players hands him his stick and so chara is forced to play with a short slash normal hockey stick temporarily and he just sort of looked like he was playing shinny it was super funny like somebody handed him a toothpick yeah right in his hand in a in a normal hand like in nick dowd's hands that is a regular <laughs> stick in chara's hands it's like him like wielding a fly swatter right i sort of thought it like you know you're at a doctor's office and filling out a medical form and then they hand you like a golf pencil you know like a half pencil <laughs> and you're like what the fuck is this vanacek Got injured, starting goaltender for Washington. And so that's Craig Anderson's music you're hearing. He's played like, what, four games this year? Something like that. But he's been decent to above average for a low cap hit for a number of teams for the last couple of years. So I don't know. I've always sort of been a Craig Anderson fan and glad that he's getting an opportunity here to kind of not save their playoff chances, but, you know, really buoy them from a backup position. I mean, that's kind of one of the things we kind of watch playoffs so intently for is these surprise performances. And so he's getting a chance. What is your prediction for? So we know know Washington is up one game to nothing. Yeah. My prediction that I did get out on the Twitter before puck drop was Washington in seven. And I think it's looking like it could be that kind of series. It was super evenly matched the whole game and a dirty grindy goal won it for washington so you know like yeah i think we could do seven if craig anderson plays above expectations because yeah you're totally right that craig anderson has been a solid goalie for many nhl teams or at least a couple but this is the playoffs against a boston squad that has seemed resurgent in the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. at least ever since the taylor hall trade uh it's they're getting quasi healthy now yeah, but it, the reason that I kind of picked Washington in seven is they are so big and so physical. They will grind you down and they have, they're deep. They're really deep and big deep. And Boston, I don't think. They has, are the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are, are the Marianas Trench. They are inevitable. <laughs> Tuka Rask showed why he is Tuka Rask and he absolutely kept Boston in it. Uh, in a tough stretch in sort of the late, mid to late third period where it seemed like it was all Washington. Um, but Boston's first two lines are amazing. Um, it, it, Washington showed that they can, for the most part, kind of curtail them, but they can also probably find another gear. So I don't know. I think this has the look of what I predicted in seven. I'm going to say Boston in six. Okay. I Tuka think that's also Tuka. That's, that's valid. Mine. Yeah, that's my explanation. Another cool. series. I, I'm glad we have we started with divergent opinions. I like it. Uh, another series that has at least one game in the books: Pittsburgh and the Islanders. They played earlier this morning Pacific time. That game was decided also in overtime by yeah. a Kyle Palmieri goal. Uh, who everybody was like, I can't believe Lou Lamorello gave up a first rounder for. Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac's ghost, but uh, <laughs> Kyle Palmieri's got two goals in the playoffs already, so it's looking kind of like a win. Yeah, talk about being vindicated in one game after. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Palmieri's struggled after the trade deadline um, significantly, and struggled. just sort of hasn't looked 
super in step. And I mean, that team has struggled itself. They have not scored goals. They scored four goals in this game. And that's probably the first time they've done that. I'm making this up, but it's probably the first time they've done that in a month. Yeah. Unless they were playing the Rangers. (laughs) Other observations from this game is Tristan Chari, like maybe sort of cooked. I feel like all of those goals, I think both Kyle Palmieri's goals went either over or under his glove. Like you can see they are honing in on that weakness and just shooting high glove on him all the time. Does he look at it after the goal and go, well, well, what, are, <laughs> what are you for if you're not going to catch the puck? So what are you thinking? Well, I, what I called was Pittsburgh in six. So uh, New York Islanders taking this first game in overtime is not looking awesome for my prediction, but you know, we'll see. I, this is going to be another really tight one, I think. Sid is Sid. He scored a Sid goal. With- it was stupid. <laughs> Right. I'm so tired of how good he is at hockey. <laughs> like at every aspect of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, what he did it was like a one-handed tip. He's being defended. A shot comes in and he just goes, "I got this." <laughs> and sticks his stick out one-handed and deflects the puck into the net. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in 6 as well, actually. Okay. Not because I think they're going to win, but because when we did our early season projections way back when, mm-hmm. I said Pittsburgh was coming out of the East, and so I got to stand by it. And, you know, they didn't look like a team that couldn't win that game. Like, it, that was a tight game. So I think... They were you know, without Malkin. Right. And that really can go either way. I the mean, Isle were I, without it, Varlamov. Right, which is a big deal. But also, Sorokin Sor- is... He's solid. And he's, he's probably a goaltender of the future for them. So, for sure. Like... He's not just pocket change. Yeah. So Pittsburgh and six is that that was what you said too. That's our combined effort. Is Pittsburgh and six? Yep. So moving on to Minnesota Vegas, which just ended and ended. Fuck this game, by the way. <laughs> yeah this this was the game I was sort of expecting out of Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Zero zero in the regular season, going R- to overtime. Sure. Zero zero in the playoffs. Fuck. You. <laughs> so yeah, overtime victory. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck potted one three twenty into overtime. So Minnesota's already up one nothing. I think that's. I think we can go on the record of saying that is surprising, but not out of the blue. No, Minnesota seems like they have Vegas's number in the regular season. Somehow, we've been talking about Vegas, Colorado all year, like it was going to be some sort of fade accompli in the second round and minnesota's like um excuse me they're they're, i think they're just so fast that they can kind of skate around vegas's size i think that's maybe my Uh, hypothesis on why this this team is doing really well against vegas i mean in the regular season i was shocked to see the season series that you know minnesota kind of won the season series and vegas's games that they won were never in regulation so uh, I'm still sort of going with Vegas because of their goaltending depth and their defensive depth, but uh, <laughs> this could be the upset. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vegas in seven. I don't think that this was an aberration, but mm-hmm. I also don't think this precludes Vegas from winning. Yeah, I think Vegas will adjust. Uh, they will be like the Borg and assimilate you. While I love Minnesota story, I think that Vegas just has too much yeah and they're even in their forward depth like you look at minnesota's forward depth and like it's a good sure very good yeah their fourth liners are and very that, productive and that might be where the difference lies mm-hmm. between these two teams but you're right vegas's defensive depth when your second goalie is robin laner to mark andre Fleury, we'll see how this progresses but i think we're both kind of still on the vegas boat yeah i was yeah. kind of wondering if you know the Kaprizov of the regular season was going to show up in the playoffs. And I think it ha- he absolutely did. Uh, he had some highlight reel chances and Flurry made a couple of amazing saves point blank on Kaprizov. So yeah, the, I maybe if I'd seen this game before I made my prediction, I might've gone the other way, but I've picked Vegas in six. And I think, I think I'll stand by that. I think they, ha- they're hungry. Whereas Minnesota was kind of a surprise this year. And so I think, you know, they're playing sort of with house money, low pressure, which sometimes is amazing, but Vegas, you know, got 
Alex Petrangelo in the offseason and like is obviously going for it. So we'll see. Uh, this is going to be a super fun one. I mean, yeah, this next one is Man, the I'm one out. that we've been like itching to talk about since last week. We started recording early so we could finish and I could get home before this game started so I could watch it. Yeah, in, in 45 minutes. So yeah. we're sorry if this All series makes us just like yeah. cut content because yeah. we want to watch it up oh, so yep yeah, playoffs bye <laughs> see ya Click. but we also have no fucking clue what's gonna happen we can make some project pro- projections 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 <laughs> i'm projecting projecting that's what you can offer that's what the P- handsome hockey podcast can offer the world is most projections for 60 <laughs> i don't know what words are but uh um, yeah, I was I've been having like word finding problems all fucking weekend. <laughs> so I completely understand. And you know who else has word finding problems? Florida man. Yeah. And so I, I'm branding this the Florida man series because I appreciate it. Florida man is a an amazing cultural construct of today. You know, he is both bold, usually illegal, and kind of crazy, and a complete uh result of Florida's strangely liberal open records law yeah for as conservative as florida is them allowing you to know everybody's business (laughs) yeah is really great and yeah has led to uh, the reddit florida man this is called florida man is awesome it's just like florida man does crazy crime florida man does crazy crime and it's like after one after the other and so and i think the the end of the regular season matchup between these two teams which was full of pims and controversy was kind of lived up to that well we're gonna see some very interesting hockey here because Mm -hmm. on the one hand florida is perhaps the hottest team in the league heading into the playoffs on the other hand tampa was just like so we're in right yeah maybe you can just sit down (laughs) victor hedman didn't play a lot down the stretch Mm because he's banged up obviously sam coast didn't play kutrov hasn't played all year Barkley Goodrow's been out for a while, and while you know you could say Barkley Goodrow's a third line guy, he and Blake Coleman were instrumental to their success in winning the cup last year. Oh yeah, third line guys are not unimportant in yeah. the playoff. Braden Point was hurt in practice yesterday. Horrible timing. Supposedly he's going to be fine. There's nothing to worry about. It's just a he got nicked up, is what John Cooper said. But those are that's every one of your star players is a question mark heading into the playoffs against us a team that finished above you in the regular season and is on fire and hasn't been there in forever. Yeah. Florida has not won a playoff series in 25 years. If they ever looked as good as they do this year, that's news to me. They did an amazing job at the trade deadline, added some really critical pieces that have looked good in the latter third of the regular season. They did lose very important defenseman in Aaron Ekblad tried to replace him best they could added Sam Bennett who's looked really good and they're going to Montour yeah and they're going to get Anthony DeClaire into the playoffs who I'm just stoked to see play playoff hockey I mean it, it, this is going to be a really fun team oh yeah and they have Q stash behind the bench Joel Quinville one of the better you know playoff coaches in recent memory yeah I am absolutely rooting for Florida Tampa got theirs last year give me Florida with that What's your prediction? God, can I? I mean, like, that's the classic problem, like want versus prediction. Well, we'll get to that. But what is your prediction? I think Tampa's maybe too banged up for their own good. I'm going to go I'll go Florida in seven. I'm going to say Tampa in five. You think they're just going to turn it on and go? There's an you know, assertion point. Yeah, I think that's also very possible. And it's really just going to be proof in the pudding once we see them play here in 40 minutes. We saw late season Tampa wasn't very good, but late season Tampa had a ton of people missing or banged up. And didn't they noticeably banged up? Didn't they do this shit last year too? Yeah, because two years ago they were like, we're going to win all the games and we're going to go to the playoffs. And then. And then they get farted out of the first round by a John Tortorella Columbus Blue Jackets team playing shutdown hockey and they got in Kucherov's head and made him take a suspension and like they all time melted down and then they came back hungrier than ever. I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do another flame out this year. I Uh, think this is in this series. We are reminded just how fucking good (laughs) Tampa Bay is. Just how Borg like they are. They 
I, it's going to be a put the hand on the forehead <laughs> of Florida. Florida is a very good team. They're a well-coached team. They have a ton of talent. They're also starting Bobrovsky, which yeah, I, should surprise nobody, but should, should surprise many people because Dreiger has been way better this right, year. He's arguably who got them into the playoffs. So if it comes down to goaltending, which Russian head do you have? I'm going to go with Vasilevsky. Well, Vasilevsky's also looked human in the last go of it as well uh i think playoff vasilevsky and regular season while you're coasting vasilevsky are two very different things and they also you're played, very right they also played curtis McElhenney quite a bit down the stretch yeah you're also very right i think really what it's come down to is headman's health he's uh, the game changer from that defensive position and he has looked injured and bad well i think tampa's got enough talent to hide Victor Hedman too, though, especially on that right side, they can put Victor Hedman on the third line and let him play the power play and bump up McDonough and Sergachev. You're right, but that might not be good enough against that this Florida team. I mean, the, the, that's I don't know. I'm rooting for Florida. I think Tampa's got too much. I really expect this series to actually be kind of trivial at the end. Okay, I mean, I think that's a very possible conclusion now as well uh it's also like what is nikita kucherov gonna be when he steps on the ace again and very good <laughs> a prediction very good we'll see uh, I oh yeah i can't wait I, mean, I mean i can't wait to see we'll but. see in 37 minutes <laughs> i'm gonna uh, keep counting this yeah. down next up is i think probably the most boring series and it might even turn out to be pretty good but yeah nashville, nashville carolina. carolina uc saros has been on a tear the preds have been on a tear it hasn't been just saros they've been pretty good all around good barbecue per 60 metric yeah well so does carolina uh, no, between the yeah. two of them yeah this might this is the barbecue it's like <laughs> hot chicken versus barbecue yeah that's what i was thinking and honestly i'm down for whatever um i am dte down to eat um <laughs> I hate myself for that so much. That was really good. I'm going to go Carolina in five. Yeah, I, I'm i right there with you. I'm going to go Carolina in six. Right. The, you're going with the gentleman's sweep. I think, yeah, I think Nashville steals one to two games on the back of UC Saros's excellent play. But, and, you know, Carolina has good but inconsistent goalies. So, you know, I don't even, who are It'll they going to play in this series? I, is it going to be Njelkovic or is it going to be Mrazek? I don't know. Actually, I haven't seen it. Would either one of those wouldn't surprise me? But I bet we go with Morazic this year. Jelkovic has had an amazing. I bet amazing year. I bet this is his. Like I back up Peter Morazic, and next year I'm the guy. Yeah, I kind of think that's that's entirely possible. So moving on, kind of quickly, St. Louis, Colorado are going to meet in the West, and St. Louis unfortunately is going to be minus David Perron, which could really dent their scoring ability in games that they are probably going to have to score a lot. But they've got, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Kiro's looked amazing lately. And, you know, there's always a question of how healthy Colorado is. This year going in, it feels like the only person who's banged up is McKinnon. And Grubauer is healthy, but he's Grubauer, I mean, made yeah. of glass. As of right now, he's healthy, though. So we can't really speculate. But McKinnon is banged up. But he's also, as we saw last year, he's playoff Nathan McKinnon. And playoff Nathan McKinnon is somehow more <laughs> intense than regular season Nathan McKinnon. Last year when they had almost nobody healthy and when they got into the later stages of the playoffs, I think it was against Dallas, Nathan McKinnon was like, I will win us two games. And he did. Yeah, that's some Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller shit. Yeah, like he's... He's incredible. I think banged up or not, if he can play, he's going to be good. Yeah. St. Louis has seemed to have Colorado's number in a couple games, but Colorado still took the season series 5-3. You know, St. Louis was in danger of not even making the playoffs for a little bit. And then at some point a month and a half ago, flipped a switch and has looked really good. This team always has potential and they have a uh, healthy Vladimir Tarasenko who is always chance to take over a game. So I, I'm i still going with the Colorado-Vegas matchup that we want to see happening. I mean, I think that's kind of where my two picks in these series are going. So I, I go Colorado in six. Colorado in four. Damn. Yeah. Real sweep. I'm going to go for a sweep. I mean, their off-season acquisitions and how Joe they- Joe Sackick can't make mistakes. It's <laughs> impossible for him to make a mistake. 
Well, I'm just always nervous now after that game I was watching of theirs a couple weeks back when like Colorado looks unstoppable for two minutes, puts in two goals, game looks like it's going to be over. I go downstairs to like, you know, pull some potatoes out of the potato bin and there's like St. Louis has scored three goals. So you can get it, lost in a potato bin. I man. know. And also that was with Devin Dubnik. Um, who is not even going to be the backup for the series. No. Is that going to be Jonas Johansson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's Johansson earned that. solid down there. I think he stretch. has earned that and Dubnik has uh, anti-earned that. What's the opposite of earned? Burned. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they got him for relatively cheap, and so we'll still see. I mean, paid. who knows if they will still need three or four or their entire stable of they needed crappy three goalies. Year. They right. needed three last year, and it and it was the out. bad one, Michael Hutchinson, who had to come in and, and you know, lost him a game seven. So, it, yeah, it's tough, but uh, I, I think Colorado wins this one out. Uh, next! Toronto-Montreal, the, the series that... Everybody claims they want to see, but does really anybody care? <laughs> I mean, we're Americans, so we have to, we're contractually obligated to write this series off, but I'm excited for it. I mean, these are two storied original six franchises that have not met in the playoffs in a very long time. Toronto looks sort of unbeatable, but Montreal is getting Brendan Gallagher back. I think this series is going to be. I think it's going to go longer than we anticipated, but the games that Montreal wins, we're like, wait, how did they do that? Jake Allen does a thing, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, he's good. Right. Wow. And like, you and know, and then he falls apart. You almost expect Carey Price to steal one if it's, he can. Who's going to who's gonna start in goal for Montreal? Has that been determined yet? Well, is I, Carey I, Price healthy? I imagine both of them will get a chance. That's my surmising, but that could be wrong. I would love to see Toronto advance and win a cup would love to see joe thornton get a cup and would love to see alex galchenyuk win a fucking stanley cup like that would be so good for like, him i really don't care who wins this series um <laughs> i think is toronto the better team absolutely especially now that they have seemingly solid goaltending we'll see how jack campbell does on the playoff stage he's never i don't think he's ever started a playoff game before yeah and he's been announced as the starter yeah and so like i just can't bring myself to give a shit about mm. this series okay. outside of outside of the 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 original sixness of it like oh, i think that's cool. where we diverge i'm excited to see it i'm excited to see i'm excited to see playoff austin matthews i'm excited to see playoff josh anderson as a canadian and tyler Toffoli. you know they could also they could both be factors in this series brennan gallagher seems like he levels up that whole team when he's around. I mean, he's just a little bowling ball of energy. But yeah, I think Toronto, I mean, I want Toronto to advance and I think they will. I think Montreal steals two, so I'm going to go Toronto in six. I will echo your sentiment and say Toronto in six. I think we see whomever the backups are, whomever the backup is for Montreal, I think we see them. And I think we see Frederick Anderson. Can we talk about the Canadian series that I'm more excited about? Mm-hmm. Edmonton and Winnipeg. Yep. Connor versus Connor. It's Canadian Connor versus American Connor. Mm-hmm. Connor with one end and Connor versus with two ends. Just NHL Avengers Civil War. Yeah. I'm excited for this series. One, because we get to see Connor McDavid in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And he's fucking incredible. <laughs> what do you have? 106 points in 56 games or something like that. 103 in 56. That's ridiculous. And we also get to see uh, one of the best goalies in the league play playoff hockey and in you know, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah. He hasn't traditionally been great in the playoffs, mm -mm. but I think he's also not traditionally had a very good defense in front of him and they seem to be a little bit more defensively respectable this year. Um, yeah. Uh, Neil Pionk has really turned it on and uh, you know, they've gotten some good contributions from other guys, you know, trying to fill in for the shadow of Dustin Bufflin's retirement. But uh, yeah, I think I'm this one. I'm finding a really hard time picking because I sort of don't know what's what's going to happen. I mean, Edmonton is so top heavy. Their goaltenders are suspect, but Mike, Mike Smith, Smith can, yeah. you know, he's motivated. And he's and also he's, been on fire. For yeah, the last he's played month. really well. I mean, what I love about 
Connor McDavid versus Connor Hellebuck is it's best on best. It's Connor McDavid will be shooting directly at Connor Hellebuck. And like, you know, it, it you don't often get. You can't match up around it because one no. is always on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a pick for this? I'm going to. Edmonton and six. Edmonton six. Okay. I think while you're totally correct that Edmonton is top heavy. Their top heavy is two of the probably four best players in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Winnipeg is also kind of top heavy, too. Yes, absolutely. Their first two lines are outstanding. The big question for me is, is Edmonton's D up to the challenge? And by D, I mean D and goaltending. Mm-hmm. And is Winnipeg's D able to not control or contain, but maybe harangue <laughs> enough Connor mcdavid does does his regular season form translate to postseason form when all is said and done though i think the dust settles on edmonton moving on and i this is the pick i'm least confident on of all the ones that i made including colorado getting a sweep but i think that ultimately this high-end skill level in edmonton just kind of plays out I'm thinking about the back ends like you just asked and well, you've got Darnell Nurse and Adam Larson versus Neil Pionk and some guys. Dylan DeMello. Uh, I've got Tyson Berry there, too, who led defensemen in scoring this year by passing the puck to Connor McDavid. <laughs> but one of the things I, I think of is like a really good defenseman in Chris Tanev just getting torched by Connor McDavid so hard that he looks in the bench and puts his arms up like, the fuck did you expect me to do? I think I'm going with Edmonton too in this series. I think actually five games. I think Connor McDavid is motivated beyond where he usually is this year. Uh, I think he he's had one, you know, sort of historic season already. And I think it was Sean McIndoe of The Athletic that pointed out on Puck Soup that when players have these types of amazing personal accomplishments in one season, a lot of times they flame out in the playoffs. But I think he's motivated to show that he is on the same plane with Gretzky and Lemieux and Iserman. Yeah, can't forget number one. <laughs> and I think I think he finds another gear. I think that's my kind of prediction. If Connor McDavid finds another gear, the world might stop turning. <laughs> well, I think him just maintaining this level of amazing performance, bringing that into the, the harder hitting, grueling playoffs, that will be kind of another gear. I mean, maybe it's more like putting snow tires on, but I think he does it. I hope he does it. So we've predicted the first round series. Mm-hmm. What Let's do we real Nostradamus? Here. Yeah. Like who are the four teams that make it out? Who's in the cup final and who wins the cup and who wins the con Smythe? And keep in mind, this is what we think we'll see, not what we want to see. I'll go first. I think we see Carolina, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Colorado as the four final teams. Now, here's where it gets kind of dicey because we don't know how they're going to split it up. Like, is it north and west and then central and east? Is it east and north and central and west? Who knows? So, I'm going to say that we get a Colorado-Carolina final, Colorado in seven games, and Miko Rantanen is your con Smythe. Oh, wow. That's kind of close to what I was imagining, but I'm going to go with, I think the old men in Washington surprise everybody with backup goaltending and just physical play and good timed goals. And they come out. I think Florida comes out of the central. I think Colorado comes out of the West and yeah, Toronto comes out of the North. So who's your, what's your finals prediction then? You got Washington, Florida, Mm-hmm. Colorado and Toronto. I'm going to go Colorado, Florida. I think Q works his magic this year. And uh, Colorado ends up winning. And I'm just going to go with the easy pick of Nathan McKinnon for Con Smythe. So now we get to the fun part. What do we want to see? Yeah. I would love to see Toronto win the cup. I think that would be super cool for the league. Great for Toronto. Toronto fans have been snake bitten. And they're also jerks. <laughs> I mean, I don't they're also jerks because they're so Tor- snake bit. I don't feel bad for <laughs> Toronto fans one bit. No, but it would get Sean McIndoe to be happier. And that would be enough. He's for me. got a cushy job at the <laughs> Athletic. He's bright. He writes about hockey for a living. I know. That dude is fine. And you know, the one I thing he's him. really missing in his life is call, is Toronto. Another being, kid. <laughs> <laughs> is Toronto being, you know, living up to their potential again. So you want to see Toronto. Like, I want to see Toronto. I mean, also, Canada 
brings the cup home again for the first time in ever. It's 91, I think. And I, I just think that would be good for the league. I would also, you know, I have not predicted it. I would love it if Minnesota just tore through the playoffs. Like, that would be super fun. So the thing about what you want to see is mm-hmm. it can be both sides of the coin, right? So, like, we want to. I want to see Colorado Vegas. Mm-hmm. I want to see Colorado Tampa final or Colorado Carolina final. But I also want to see Florida do really well. And I want to see Minnesota do really well. How fucking rad would it be to see Connor McDavid in a Stanley Cup final? Like, oh, yeah, uh, it'd be dope. The East, I don't give a shit about. Like, <laughs> let's be perfectly honest. All of those teams, I'll, I'd love to see the, I'd love to see Barry Trotz do it and prove that it's him and not Washington when he was the Stanley Cup. Yeah, basically, there. like what we think we'll see is just going with the odds and what we want to see is like every upset. <laughs> I think the two best teams in the league, regardless of record are Colorado and Tampa. And I'd love to see a finals that lived up to that hype mm-hmm. and like game seven in Colorado with Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, Hedman, Vasilevsky, McKinnon, Ranton, like all those guys. Mm-hmm. Cal McCarr, like, oh, it would, that would be sexy. Like, that would be the sexiest hockey I think we've seen <laughs> in years. And I would love to see that happen, but I'd love to be surprised. I'd love to be, you know, perplexed. <laughs> like, so Nashville beat Carolina? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 what? That I, would truly I, be crazy. I just want to see as much hockey as possible and i want to see good hockey i don't want to see this one nothing overtime bullshit that vegas and minnesota subjected us to today i just i want to see fun open hockey i think that'll be an outlier and goals like that i i want and that's one of the reasons that i would love minnesota to you know really turn it on go deep and and punch above their weight class is because they play such a fun game yeah Um, they're one of the most entertaining teams in the league for sure which how many times have we said that about minnesota prior to this year exactly never that would be cool but it's not gonna happen yeah all right so there's your playoff preview you lucky people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have seen it yeah um, we have looked into the magic eight ball or if our predictions start to look really bad we're just gonna can this episode and never release it i will change everything i'll (laughs) I'll do my Evan voice and my Jake voice and I'll modulate between the two. Nice. And like, you'll be like, man, I was awful that week. And I'll be like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? was I sick? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Definitely wasn't me pretending to be Evan. You're just going to write me out of the podcast I'll be completely. Like, Architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Uh no, I would never. I mean that that's podcast. my whole personality, so that's okay. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's that's all you. That's need to the know. only thing I've mm-hmm. ever talked to you about, and I go, uh huh, Evan, yeah, blocks and stuff, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I played with blocks as a kid too, Evan. No, I hate uh, stepping on Lego. <laughs> thank you, as always, everybody, for tuning in, for finding us, listening to us, for all of the feedback, the listens, the mm-hmm. the reviews. All of that is super helpful for us making a better more inclusive more fun to listen to, fun to li- yeah, yeah fun podcast we've made some jokes in the past that have already not aged well and we've had people tell us hey you know this can be construed in this way mm-hmm. and we're like well balls uh, <laughs> yeah we're learning and evolving and i think that's you know the real spice of life isn't it yeah evolve or die keep that coming back to us like we love hearing from you we love knowing that we're reaching people if you do want to get back to us if you do want to reach out there are so many ways to get in touch with us we can be found at handsomehockey.com our website handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter i'm not even i'm so shocked that we got that handle on twitter (laughs) um you can email us at handsomehockeypod at gmail.com and also we have a handsome hockey facebook page and obviously if you're hearing us right now you're listening on some platform but we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon podcast stitcher tune in overcast red circle youtube that's my ad quick read that was nice yeah it's like reading the side effects at the end of a drug commercial <laughs> thank you again as always for listening and stay handsome everybody rest day bow and we have five minutes to make the game i gotta drive bye <laughs>